Good morning, everybody, again. And welcome to a very special scrapbook memory. And we are, we've been looking forward to this one uh, for quite a while. Uh, a lot of great Bears history captured in the book that these two outstanding journalists have put together. Dan Pompey, one of my dear friends, and Don Pearson, a man I respect from the moment I got in this business. And uh, all because of George Hallis and this family that has created uh, quite the legacy over 100 years. The chairman of the board, George McCaskey, everybody. Good morning. I asked Jeff and Tom for a few minutes just to tell you how much we appreciate all of the support and enthusiasm of these great Bears fans. Friday night, it was unbelievable at opening ceremonies. All day Saturday, the police told us that the line to get in was all the way down to Lawrence Avenue on River Road. Um, everyone has been so excited and polite and welcoming. We're just so grateful, so humbled by the support that you give to your Bears and we're very, very appreciative of it. And I also want to thank our terrific staff for putting on this event and our players, current and former, for participating as much as they have. And finally, and I'll shut up for a while, I want to compliment Tom and Jeff for the great job They have done all we can. Fantastic research, great questions, and you're eliciting some great responses from your panelists, and I hope that is true of this next panel right now. Well, George, are those of the 1936 socks you're wearing? I gotta go there. I, I, yeah. they're, not, they're not regulation height for an NFL game, however. Yeah, so um, everybody's seen our new classic uniform from 1936. And uh, of course, we had to get the approval of the owner of the team to, uh, to put this project into fruition. And uh, I showed mom the artist's rendering, and the first thing out of her mouth, and this is a quote, reporters, well, those socks don't turn me on. <laughs> I agree. And I said, Mom, the socks are the best part. But how do you like that uniform? Is it sharp or what, Virginia? Isn't it amazing? Well, as usual, George has taken all the things that I was going to say. <laughs> but that is a quote. <laughs> and I thank you, Tom, for agreeing with me. Do you remember that uniform? I, it's a throwback from 1936, correct? That's, that's what they say, yes. Right. I was in uh, first or second year of high school at that point, and I wasn't really um, paying that much attention to the uniforms. I was more interested in the players who were wearing them. <laughs> You're talk, talk about eliciting great responses. Thank you. You know, that is such a great response because 
Mrs. McCaskey, you've been a daughter, a sister, a mother to uh, the generations of players throughout the history of the Bears. Was there any one time in your life that was more unique to the other, or was it just part of the growth process of your life through the NFL? These days here in the Rosemont Center for the Septennial celebration, I'm still trying to find words for what they've meant to me and I hope to all of you. Uh, it has made me even more grateful for what my life has been and the position that I'm in. There are so many privileges and perks and blessings. Uh, I just can't believe that uh, I'm here and I'm enjoying life at my age the way I am. <laughs> So before we get to Don and uh, Dan about this and, and their time with Mrs. McCaskey, Virginia, it all started because of your mom, honestly, collecting scrapbooks. Explain what that was like for her, why she did it, and how that just carried on through the generations. My mother uh, and dad were married in February of 1922. But before that, she and my dad had known each other since their days in different high schools in the city of Chicago. And when the Bears started in Wrigley Field, um, it was um, a labor of love for my mother to save whatever minimum coverage <laughs> dad was able to uh, obtain in the Chicago papers and um, over the years in our family uh, it has grown uh, until now we have this outstanding book which they lovingly call the scrapbook and it's just a, a beautiful thing I hope everybody eventually will be able to get a copy. And I can warn you, it's a very heavy <laughs> book. You, it's not something you can carry around under your arm, but it is worth every bit of it. And um, I did have a copy for a weekend to look over, and then I had to sign it and return it. <laughs> so I'm waiting for my own copy. <laughs> um, and there was just, um, I don't know how you got all your sources, but it was wonderful. And the, there's just one story that was new to me, and that was um, the one about Bronco Nagurski. After he retired, he bought a gas station not as an investment, but for his own employment. <laughs> and he always had a lot of repeat business because when Bronco put on the gas cap on your gas tank, it stayed on until Bronco took it off. 
So Dan and Dan, Dan and Don are Dick McCann Hall of Fame writers in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and deserving indeed. Don covered the team for a very long time, a presence at Hallis Hall, the old Hallis Hall, and Dan Pompey. Uh, we grew up in the business together uh, around the same time and all about football. So they have great perspective, outstanding writers that capture moments. How did you guys capture 100 years of moments with 15 hours of conversation with Mrs. McCaskey? Well, I think everybody here can see what a privilege it was for us to be able to sit down with Mrs. McCaskey for as long as we did. And she certainly was our primary source and has, has been around almost as long as the Bears herself. And it hasn't, I don't think she's forgotten anything about anything she ever knew about them. And so it was just great to be able to sit down with her and listen to her stories and uh, respond to our, to our questions. And one of the things that was interesting for us uh, uh, in writing the book was that it was such a parallel to the National Football League history. Uh, the Bears' history is the National Football League history. So I would say, at the risk of sounding like a salesperson as well as an author, that if you're a Bear fan or you know a Bear fan, you have to have this book, but I would even extend it. If you're an NFL fan, I think you have to have this book because it really gives you some insight on, on, the, uh, on the whole history of the National Football League. And it, it was a privilege to, to work on it and, and to, to do research. And I, I kid George, I think he asked me to do it because like his mother, I've been around for most of those 100 years as well. <clears throat> And, and I do remember, I do remember uh, watching the Bears for the last, uh, watching him very closely for over 60 years. So I felt that I knew a little bit about it, but there, were, there was a lot in the early years that I had to remind myself of, and it was really a pleasure to, 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 re, to research and, and to go back over the old, the old clips and the scrapbooks. And you know, Virginia's right. They saved those early scrapbooks because in the beginning, her father had to pay, can you imagine this, he had to pay sports writers to write about the Bears. How about that, Dan? That, that doesn't happen anymore. So it was, it was really a pleasure to do it. Thank Great. God those days are in the deep, <laughs> distant past. Uh, a great honor, as, as Don said, to be chosen uh, for this project by the Bears, and uh, also great honor to work with Don, who is one of my heroes in the business, and uh, uh, what a privilege to interview Mrs. McCaskey for, we, we spent more than 15 hours with her, I don't know if uh, she signed up for that initially, but uh, we, we eked it out of her a little at a time, and she was so gracious with her time and her stories and her memory. Um, a lot of people don't know, uh, she was actually on the Red Grange tour. So I don't think there's anyone uh, in it alive who has seen as much of the history of pro football as Mrs. McCaskey has. And uh, her recall of it is tremendous. And you know, for, for many years, uh, she was reticent, I think I would say, to, to, to talk publicly very much. She kind of liked to stay in the background. Uh, but it, it's been wonderful to see her uh, come out and share some of her stories in recent years. So 
what was this what was the starting point like i know what we talk about the bears in the 1920s what was your initial idea that you said okay this is going to be the opening chapter this is going to be the forward of the book what was the initial idea i i think that's a good question because uh the easy way to do a book like this would be chronological. But I think also, with all due respect, it might be boring for, for some people to read, read it from beginning to end. And so what we did was separate it into five different sections, five categories, and they are ownership, which would include, would include management and coaching, and uh, then the players, the great players and the plays, and the championships would be a third area the innovations that they've had, and the rivalries. And the reason we did this, you could, you could do the history on any team in the National Football League and divide it into those five sections. But in this case, the Bears were unique in every single section. They've no team in the National Football League has ownership like the Bears had with George Hallis founding the league, founding the team, and his family still being involved in ownership. No team has as many Hall of Fame players as the Bears. No. Cha championships, the championships, they have nine championships. And there is, I, I heard there's a team that has more than that, but we won't mention that. But, but We're no working team, on that. We're working no, on no that. No team in the National Football League has ever won a championship game 73 to nothing. And we make the case we make the case that the 1985 season is the most memorable season in NFL history. We made that case. So, so that's unique. And then as far as the innovations are concerned, no, there, there's no other team, there's no other thing in sport like, like the, the Grange Tour, which really put pro football on the map as well as another innovation would be the T-formation with the man in motion, which is still the basic T-formation. So as far as innovations are, there's no other team that can compare to the Bears. And then the rivalries speak for themselves. There's no other team in the National Football League which has, have the rivalries that the Bears have, starting, of course, with the team up north. So uh, that's the reason we put the book into that kind of uh, format and I think it works pretty well because there is a little bit of overlap, but those sections I think are very interesting and revealing and, and as I say, unique, and I think in the entire National Football League. Mrs. McCaskey, what are your recollections of that barnstorming tour? Because it was completely unorthodox to even imagine that many games in a short period of time traveling all over the country, 17 games in 61 days. Uh, but it was vital, wasn't it? I don't really have any direct memories of that tour because I was, it was just before and after my third birthday. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was some, it was such a milestone for the Chicago Bears in the National Football League in terms of crowd acceptance and recognition. Uh, I think it will always be uh, a part of the Bears' history and the history of the National Football League. 
And when, I'd like when, to back up a little bit, and uh, I don't want to accuse anyone of deception, but uh, the way it, this book was presented to me and my participation is that I was the only one available to talk about the 20s and the 30s. <laughs> so I figured, well, I'll do this time with Don and Dan, and then they'll find other people for the other decades. <laughs> and it just didn't happen. <laughs> and we're very grateful that, that it didn't happen, and I think you will be if you buy the book as well, because she's got uh, great anecdotes uh, that she shared with us throughout the book. Dan, what, what is something that you learned about the Bears before your time with the Bears? Don says it's been around for 60 years. You and I have been around for less time than that. And in preparation for these events, I've learned so much about the Bears, looking at footage from the 40s, uh, from the 63, a couple weeks before the 73 to nothing game, they got beat by the Redskins, and the, the owner called them crybabies and quitters. What did you learn about the Bears that kind of shocked you? Well, this is quite a bit. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll share one story about Sid, Sid Luckman that I found out that I, I wasn't aware of. Sid, of course, the greatest quarterback in Bears history, one of the greatest players ever. Um, Sid Luck, we've got the Sid Luckman cheering section. Good, good to see. Um, during World War II, he was a war hero of sorts. He made seven trips over to England and France, including, now, you know, we just celebrated the 75th anniversary of D-Day, and he was actually a part of that movement, uh, which I never knew. Uh, he was on a, a ship that delivered oil and brought back wounded soldiers uh, during, during the D-Day uh, invasion period. So um, in addition to being this incredible quarterback, he also was a great American hero. You know, I'd like, to, I'd like to answer that question too, Tom, because people ask me what was the most surprising thing you found out when you were writing the book. And it, it wasn't really a surprise, but it, it was a reminder, and maybe it wasn't a surprise, it was a reminder of the enormous, enormous influence George Hallis had on the National Football League. I mean, we talk about him being the founder, but he, his fingerprints were on everything from the shape of the ball to the, to the rules, to expansion. I mean, everything about the National Football League, somehow you could trace back to George Hallis. It was really fascinating to, to, uh, to, to sort of review that. And I'll tell you a good story about it. You know, we talked to uh, Mitch Trubisky and Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy. And one of the questions we asked them was, when, when was your first uh, encounter with the Bears, and all of them mentioned somehow the, the 85 Super Bowl, by the way. And uh, we asked, what, what, were the, what was your favorite team growing up? And of course, Ryan is from, Dal from uh, Texas, so he liked the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, Matt was from uh, Pennsylvania, and somehow he got onto the Vikings. I think it was a college player that he followed. And of course, Mitch is from Ohio, he grew up right outside of Cleveland, so his favorite team was the Browns. And what they didn't know, though, 
I looked, I, I thought about the, the Vikings and the, and the Cowboys and the, and the Browns. All three of those teams came into existence at least partly because of George Hallis. He was the, not, so he not only founded the Bears, he was the, he was the chairman of the expansion team when the Vikings and the, and the Cowboys came in. And the reason the Browns came into existence is because George Hallis, uh, because Arch Ward was the, was the uh, uh, sports editor of the Chicago Tribune. He wanted to buy the Buffalo Bills. George Hallis said, we're saving, uh, the, and he wanted, to, he wanted to move the Buffalo Bills to the West Coast. This is getting to be a longer story than I had imagined. But they were going to move the Buffalo Bills to the West Coast. And George Ellis said, no, we're saving the West Coast for somebody else. So Arch Ward started the All-America Conference, which was the Browns. So all three of these teams that, that Pace and Trubisky and Nagy grew up liking were because of George Hallis. Just amazing. So, Mr. McCaskey, in the whole idea of the inception of the NFL, was there ever an era that you thought the NFL might not make it? I didn't realize it when I was growing up, but there were difficult years in the late 20s and early 30s, and my dad had the Chicago Bears, but he was also part owner of a commercial laundry company. He worked in real estate. He even tried selling cars. It, I often use the word survival because that's what was involved. And fortunately for us and for so many people now, um, it all worked out. Your piggy bank had something to do with the survival of the Bears, too. Could you tell that story? <laughs> Pardon me? I said your piggy bank had something to do with survival of the Bears, too. Oh. Well, at one point, my dad was so desperate that he actually spoke to my brother and me about borrowing the money that was in our savings account, and that savings account had been established by Grandma Hallis, who sent us a birthday check and a Christmas check each year. And uh, I think there was probably a couple of hundred dollars. Um, but even that uh, was um, borrowed <laughs> uh, because it was a case of buying groceries and there were late payments on the rent of the apartment. It's hard to imagine these days with all the millions and billions of dollars that people are talking about. Uh, and Kyle Fuller mentioned uh, how he feels about going to, to work at Hallis Hall. And that resonated with me because each time I go up there, I think, does this really belong to us? Is this really part of our organization? Um, I'm just amazed at the expansion of Hallis Hall and 
can't imagine what they're going to think of next and what's going to happen in the next hundred years. George. So uh, being a former reporter, I feel compelled to clarify the record. Uh, when Coach Hallis borrowed money from moms and Muggs' piggy banks, he promised them, I'll pay you back. So, which he did. So from your perspective as a grandson and living through this journey as well, how staggering is it that $100 put on the table to start a professional sport called football has grown into billions for every team in the league and generations and generations of fans that their families are together in many respects on Sundays because of Bears football. And seeing George Hallis and that statue every day up there at Hallis Hall. How staggering is it for you to think about it that way? Uh, well, every day when I enter Hallis Hall, I pass that statue. And uh, I try to think about Coach Hallis and all he's meant to all of us. Um, all he's meant to the great game of football and Bears fans. And it's very much um, a family operation for us. Um, this morning, we've got uh, my favorite brother-in-law, Mike Katrin, my favorite niece, Natalie, my favorite niece, Molly, my favorite brother, Pat, my favorite sister, Anne, my favorite sister, Mary, my favorite sister-in-law, Gretchen, my favorite niece, Julie, my favorite sister-in-law, Kathy, my favorite brother, Ned, my favorite nephew, Daniel, anybody, my favorite niece, Margaret, my favorite niece, Michelle, and all of us are passionate about the Bears, and all of us feel a tremendous responsibility for carrying on George Hallis's legacy. And uh, that's what we intend to do. You know, you know Jeff, an Jeff, another story about that $100 that they started out with. George Hallis admitted there wasn't a hundred, uh, the, the, the idea was that each of the new franchises would put up a hundred dollars. That was just to make it look legitimate. He said there wasn't a hundred dollars among them in the whole room. You know, in the, in the last few months, I, I've never heard more conversation about the Bears, about the list of the top 100. Um, and just talking about number one, because both of you guys have had great experiences in your life as a writer to talk to number one, and I'm talking about Walter Payton. Um, what, you know, for me there is no other consideration. Before I ever came to the Bears, he was my hero. When I got to stand in the huddle with him, I was in such awe of him, it was hard to stare away from him. How did that discussion begin and end when you started filtering through all of the generations of greatness of the Bears players? Well, I think number one was kind of a no-brainer for us. There wasn't any discussion about number one, uh, in part because uh, both Mrs. McCaskey and Mike Ditka uh, believe that 
Peyton was the greatest bear. And, and those are two pretty powerful voices. But in terms of uh, the rest of the list, uh, Don and I were very happy that nobody disagreed with any of the, the, or, the order of any of the 100 players. <laughs> it, it, uh, but you know, it, it was, it's a highly subjective exercise, a very difficult exercise because we're comparing so many players uh, from different eras, uh, players who, whose positions no longer exist or whose positions were invented uh, at some point during the 100 years. Uh, players who played a long time and had an impact over time versus players who had uh, short-term contribution, current players whose uh, legacies really aren't complete or close to complete in some cases. Uh, so it, it was very difficult, Tom, uh, from that standpoint. We tried to have fun with it. Uh, we we, uh, we kind of went back and forth on a number of guys at the end. Don and I were just talking about this in the blue room in the back that, you know, if we had another week or another month, we probably would have changed the list another 10 or 15 times. It was one of those deals. You know, there, there, there are a number of players we left off that you could, you could second guess and question yourself about. Uh, and we have been second guessed and questioned a few times. We, actually, we wanted to make it easier than it was by arguing that we wanted to really make three lists. We wanted to make an offensive list, a defensive list, and a two-way player list because they're really three different areas of, of, of expertise in football. But I want to say that it wasn't that we didn't have any discussion about number one because the Bears have so many great players. We could have made other players number one, but Walter Payton checked the most boxes. That is, we, we tried to use as much objective criteria as we could for a really highly subjective uh, process and longevity and durability were one, production was one, honors were one, impact was one. And if you go down the list, if, if it were just longevity and durability, Gail Sayers might not have made the list. So you had to weigh these, these different criteria, and Walder just checked more boxes than really anybody else. How did you two feel about the 100 and have your opinions? And I'll tell you one thing that sticks out to me in going back all the way to the the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and reading about the legendary Bears that we obviously could not see at our age now was a simple word for me that has riveted my whole focus moving forward, and I know it has yours as well, Mrs. McCaskey, but toughness. I mean, so many of these old Bears were viewed like we view Dick Butkus right now, or we view you know, any number of guys that played with a vengeance on the field with some unbelievable fury and were recognized as such and, and viewed as such throughout their careers. I didn't notice the back inside cover of the book until just before I returned it. So I... I paid attention, of course, to number one and noticed that Pat Manley made it at 100. <laughs> and um, the book was on its way back to Hallis Hall. So I'm, one of the things I'm looking forward to is seeing the complete list. And I'm sure you did a very difficult and outstanding job.
you know, Ms. McCaskey, one thing that I've taken away from this weekend and, and in studying for this event, and Jeff mentioned it, it's across the board, the word is always toughness, whether it's George Hallis saying it or someone saying it from another team about the Bears. Yesterday we had Mike Brown up here and brought to tears because of his love for the Bears. You gotta, I'm sure you've had to see that before in your life, but the respect that a lot of these alumni have for the Bears, have for their existence with being the Bears, having the opportunity to play for fans like this in stadiums across the landscape, that's gotta be a great reflection to you and your family that it means so much to players years after the fact that they have been retired. This weekend has been like um, a happy dream that just keeps going on and on. You wonder how many more wonderful people will be showing up and how many people are saying thank you. Um, I am so grateful to all of our staff who have worked so hard to prepare for this time. And I just want to say to Tom and Jeff, known them both for a long time, I've always been comfortable with them and considered them friends. But watching you and listening to you yesterday, panel after panel, you were so prepared for all of your individual relationships and questions. I'm amazed, and thank you. Thank you. Hey, we're humbled. We're honored to be here, and thank you for your trust in us, honestly. Um, choking me up here. Don't make me cry on stage, please. Right, he'll never stop. Yeah, I'll never stop. I'm an emotional guy. Um, well, I, 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 I was going to ask a, a different question, but I'll feed off of those panels. I, I, I don't think I've been around. I mean, we used to do Bears fan conventions and had, you know, great conversations as well. But the raw emotion yesterday, Mrs. McCaskey, George, and, and I don't know if you guys were here, uh, especially in that defensive line discuss. I mean, it was, it was, I, it's all about 19 now. It's these ex-bears are. It's in their heart. It's in their soul. They they are bears to the core, and they want the best for these guys. They want a championship, and I mean that Akeem Hicks comment yesterday. I accept your challenge. Wow, that gave me goosebumps, and I'll tell you, it had to you, did it? What did you think of that, both of you guys? The reaction to Akeem Hicks is saying, we, we accept your challenge from Ed Obradovich, from Dan Hampton, Chris Zorch, Tommy Harris that sat up here. There was a lot of pressure put on Akeem Hicks about the, the desire for success for the 2019 team. Well, after my first mini tour of expanded Hallis Hall. Uh, I spoke to Coach about all of these, um, all of this great facility, and how are you going to 
help the players realize that now is the time to understand that all of this is here for their benefit, for their utilization, but they're the ones who have to use everything that's available to them now, and there's just so much that technology can do, and then it's back to the human effort, determination, perseverance, and all those good words. <laughs> They're great All the words. intangible. And coach's response was, I'm working on it. <laughs> Don't worry. You know, it's almost, it's no longer Hallis Hall, it's Hallis Campus. Because when we used to go to old Hallis Hall, 250 North Washington, and the other ones you've seen before it, they were like a hall. Nowadays, it's one of the most impressive growths of the Chicago Bears is what you've provided for the players and their opportunity to succeed. No excuses. <laughs> Sadly, because we haven't even scratched the surface, obviously, but uh, time is dwindling. We do have questions from the crowd. If somebody wants to bring those out to me, that'd be great. Uh, do you have any comments or uh, any favorite moments of the championships that you got to witness in Bears history? I was thinking on the way here this morning of our present-day coach and how he relates to our history and the Chicago Bears. Uh, my dad, <clears throat> George Hallis, certainly celebrated every championship. But all through the season, it was very serious work and very concentrated situations. Uh, there are pictures of him in the locker room after the various championships, and I love them. <laughs> but our present-day coach has made each game and each week uh, a possible celebration, and I think that is a very excellent difference. The season is so much longer, it's so much harder to get to the final game and win the final game. Um, but we're hoping for a lot of those club dub. <laughs> pictures. And uh, they're welcome to it. All right, a couple of questions as we have time. This is from Hannah in Arlington Heights. Um, 
Mrs. McCaskey, what was your favorite game ever to watch at Wrigley Field? I think the 63 championship game, even though it wasn't against the Packers. <laughs> uh, it was the culmination of a championship season and um, my dad's final championship. And uh, we had beaten the Packers previously in Green Bay and in Wrigley Field that season, so that was good too. And then from Jessica and Vernon Hills, who was your favorite player to wear a Bears uniform? The crowd already gave the answer because that's a tough one. Walter. I, you know, it's ingrained in every Bears fan's memory. Can you remember the first time the bear, you heard the first Bears fight song and when it was played, when it was introduced, and how well was it accepted initially? Well, there was a, a, an earlier Bears song uh, before Bear Down Chicago Bears. Um, and then that was replaced, and my dad was smart enough. I don't know how he knew about the music business, but he actually purchased the song so that all the performance rights and the money came to the Bears instead <laughs> of the writer of the song. <laughs> and one of my favorite memories of the championship game against the Saints was that it seemed like everybody in Soldier Field finally knew the words that everybody was singing. So practice for the season. What did you think of 1985? What did you think of 1985? was a very unusual team and a very <laughs> a very unusual season because um, so much of the normal stress of game day seemed to be disappearing. We could go to this, the, the game and not be completely knotted up inside. There was so much confidence in everyone. And except for the game in Miami, everything turned out very well. And lastly for me, and I think everybody here would like to know, I, I never uh, had that fortunate experience to meet Mr. Hallis. How would you describe him? What was he like, and what's your fondest memory? Um, 
there are so many and I really couldn't That's why I don't do this very often. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. No worries. Well, Put it this way. He was a great man. And he was the innovating and motivating force while we're all here today. George? Let, let me jump in, and that'll give Mom time to uh, compose her answer. But uh, all of my brothers and sisters and I remember waiting for Grandpa um, outside the Cubs uh, locker room at Wrigley Field after the games. And one of the things that amazed me was win or lose. When he came out of that dressing room and saw us, he was just Grandpa. You know, how you doing, champ? Hey, kid, how are you? You know, and um, making sure that that moment was special for us and that's one of my fondest memories of him just coming out of the locker room all right well we could spend many 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 hours we could spend 15 to 20 hours with you just like these guys did uh, it's it's been a, an incredible journey incredible weekend and thank you for allowing us to share it with you and your family thank you so much for being here May I, may I say one last thing? Tom was talking about the socks of the, look at those shoes. <laughs> and and I, I have read the book cover to cover. It's amazing. So these two gentlemen did uh, a very difficult job. They made it read easy. So enjoy it. Enjoy the scrapbook. Enjoy all the artifacts, the scouting reports of players, all the stories. The other reflection of that book that these guys captured as well, yes, it was about sport and about the NFL, but it's about life in each of those decades. And the Bears had an impact in that too, related to what was going on at that time and place, whether it be the Depression, the assassination of President Kennedy. It's historical. It's great. Get it. Enjoy it. One more seminar to go. Big hand for everybody up here. Thank you so much.